Hey, Chaos Kids, Amber here. Wanted to let you know that with the permission from the victim on this case, we will be posting on our socials the typed testimony that we are referring to in this case update. Thank you again to Karen for your willingness to share your story. Crime One and Chaos contains adult language and graphic content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, Chaos Kids, I'm Amber. And I'm Naomi, and this is Crime, Wine, and Chaos, a case update? Question mark? This is new for us. Uh, It's new for us to have it pointed out that we got some details wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Never happens. Well, look, okay, look, I was thinking about this, but okay, so you guys, today we're going to talk about... um, a case that we cover, Amber covered back in March. I'm looking at the actual, like, when it dropped. It, it dropped on March 5th. It was episode 125, and Amber covered the case of the stalking of Karen Welch. Mm-hmm. And so, like, here's the deal, you guys. And this is not the first time that this has happened, actually. Every once in a while, we'll cover a case, and it'll be about somebody who survived a thing or is still alive, and they eventually stumble upon our podcast and hear us cover their story and reach out to us to talk to us about our coverage of their story. And this happened this week. And Karen sent us an email uh, to let us know that Amber got some things wrong. But here's the deal. I love that everything was we up until that moment. (laughs) Amber got some things wrong. There was a lot of we, and then you did a a little sidestep into, and now I've abandoned Amber. I got to take off my sweater. I'm hot now. Okay. I'm wrapped in a blanket. (laughs) Oh, so now you're cold in your, your box. That's never the right temperature when you record. Um, No, I just, Amber, Amber covered the story. And to be fair, like the majority of where Amber got her information uh, was from an episode of, hold on, let me pull up my notes here. Oh, I have Okay. You have it? No, you go ahead. You're doing great. No, you go ahead. No, you're Uh, doing great. (laughs) Stalked Someone's Watching, season one, episode five. An investigation discovery show. Mm Mm-hmm. And Karen let us know that she appreciates that we covered her case. She appreciates that we are, you know, advocates for victims of stalking and that we, you know, support uh, victims of that crime. Uh, But wanted to let us know that ID didn't really cover her case right. Mm Mm-hmm. And wanted to clarify some things for the record and for our listeners so that we would understand what was really going on in Karen's case. Correct. Mm -hmm. So we've got uh, a bulleted list here of things, yes, that we want to work through to kind of clarify. Yeah, and to be clear, Karen sent us a document. She read a statement as testimony to some committee or governing board in New Jersey um, in, in response to the fact that while she was successful in helping uh, amend the law in New Jersey around criminal stalking to include the ability for police to intervene and investigate beyond 
only a, a death threat, right? It used to be, it required a death threat in order for them to get involved. Um, it also added other things to like make it possible for them to intervene, um, including stalking through third parties. Yeah. And I'm also reading through her email here and it sounds like she was in addition to that, um, this testimony was working on getting a civil stalking statute passed so that um, because the statute of limitations expires after five years and there's not much you can do through the criminal path so that it would give victims another avenue for of justice. Right. They mm-hmm. could go, they could, they could, they could pursue uh, some kind of uh, recompense from their stalker in civil court. Correct. Yeah. Right. So what would you like to? Yeah. So uh, what we we found out, uh, one of the first things that we learned, which is horrific, is that it sounds like she was stalked by multiple people. And it sounds like um, by way of somebody posting her number as being a sex worker in some sort of she didn't say what, but Craigslist or whatever. Um, And she was receiving multiple phone calls from the same neighborhood of people trying to hire her for sex work. And that was like one version of it. So the other, the other thing is, is it sounds like, so the way her testimony reads, somebody was basically in a constant state of taking her to family court and suing her or litigating her in family court. She didn't say who, so we're left to guess maybe her son's father or some other relative that was seeking an amendment to custody or fighting the child support, maybe both, who knows, trying to take Mm -hmm. away her custody rights. We're not sure, but it sounds like part of this harassment included like a constant litigation in family court, which is its own kind of like harassment. Yeah. And stress. I mean, whenever mm-hmm. I've had to be involved in the court system in any way as a participant, because Amber, you were in court every day for, you know, many, many years of your life. Years, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. As a, as a, as a, an officer of the court or whatever you call it. Right. But like as somebody who has to sit in front of a judge for any reason, for any reason, that is stressful. Yeah. To have mm-hmm. that date on your calendar, to have to go in and be on time and be presentable, to have to stand up and speak to a judge, speak to who you are, whatever, to speak to the issue, whether you have a lawyer or not, like it is fucking stressful. Yes, it to is. To have to do that and to have to do that for over a decade, over and over and over and over again. Like I can't even imagine. Like I am stressed out just thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so it sounds like this third party who is litigating her in family court for over a decade was using third parties to harass and stalk her and then using the the fact of that and her her calls to the police about it and the documentation of that as ammunition against her in these litigation proceedings in family court. Right. To make her seem unstable or crazy or unhinged or unfit. Right. Yes, exactly. Mm hmm. Oh, it just it it gets my like my internal organs like knotted up as we talk about it. Like it just makes me so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Karen, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. I just oh, I can't imagine either. I I mean, there there's nothing that frustrates me more 
then when I am telling the truth and I'm not believed and you just want to scream and yep, it's so, it's so frustrating. Yes. Oh, yeah. So this Joe Pate guy that they, the show would lead you to believe was the one guy stalking Karen for 12 years or whatever. Um, not only was he not the only one doing this, right? But he was not a stranger. Nope. He was not. He was, he was not a rando. He wasn't a rando. He was some sort of leader, coach, something that involved an activity that her child participated in. Right. Whether it was Boy Scouts or a sport of some kind, we're not really mm -hmm. sure. Um, and he and there were some other men also involved in this activity. And they all had at some point even um, harassed her son, confronted her son. They all knew the lit the, the litigant. Is that what this mm -hmm. called? The litigant? Yeah. The, whoever was taking her to court all this time over and over again, these men, including Joe, who were involved in her son's extracurricular activity, um, they all were connected to this person. Right. So Karen relays in her statement that after the ID show had aired, she went shopping one day and she ended up talking to a woman running a sales counter at Nordstrom who knew that Joe Pate had been stalking Karen and said to her, like, Joe Pate stalked you. And Karen was like, did you see the ID show about it? And this woman was like, no. Turns out this woman was also an EMT or mm -hmm. had been an EMT. Right. Yes. And she had been on the scene at Joe's, like, crazy duct tape himself to the shed and started on fire, like, suicide? Correct. And she told Karen that they found a suicide note. And that also, right before he killed himself, he had called a childhood friend of his. And this childhood friend was a police officer. Mm-hmm. And Karen didn't know about this suicide note. She did talk to somebody else uh, who was an EMT, I believe, who confirmed this suicide note existed. Right, right. Um, but the implication here, I guess, for us really is that, like, Joe had a friend from childhood who was on the police force. And part of the main thrust, I mean, I always say the main thrust of this, this testimony that, that Karen gave at this, that this, this committee hearing um, was basically that even though the laws had been changed, the stocking laws had been changed and she'd worked hard to be a part of making that happen. Five years had passed at this point when she was giving this testimony and um, the, pol the, the police were still not really doing anything in these stalking cases where they, they absolutely had the law on their side to do so. Correct. And she was holding law enforcement and the prosecutor's office to, to task for not helping stalking victims now that they had the power to do so. This is part of her indictment on the police department was that, well, what's going on over there? If Joe is friends with a police officer, I don't know about the suicide note. Like she spent, you know, over a decade trying to get help and she wasn't getting it. I, I have no words. I just, my heart breaks for Karen and that that was her experience and that it, it goes all the way to the top. 
It really does. I mean, she calls the whole, I mean, she calls all of New Jersey into account in this statement. I mean, it's like the police department, the prosecutor's office, the governor himself. Mm -hmm. Um, The administrative office of the court is thrown in there. It's like, fuck all of you. Yes, exactly. Like, fuck Mm -hmm. all of you for not helping me or other women going through what I'm going through. Yeah. I... And I just, I don't understand, you know, the part about all this that I don't understand is like, how is someone allowed to abuse the court system in such a way like this against her, like against anyone, right? Like this person that, how did this, this person keep being uh, heard in front of a judge in family court after all this time? Eventually, does not someone see through the fucking tactics here that this person is literally like using the courts as a way to harass and abuse someone oh yeah wouldn't you have noticed that in your does i mean at some point does somebody not get cut off from the ability to file a fucking lawsuit or whatever like you know what i mean yeah absolutely and there's criminal cases where the um defense will petition uh for there to not be prior acts brought in as evidence in addressing a new criminal charge. And that's a criminal case. And yet in a civil case in family court, you can just get your hands on whatever and submit it as evidence. I mean, it's just bananas. It's it's fucked up. It's what it so is. fucked up. It is so it's a double standard, up. right? Like what are we even doing? I don't know. I don't know, but it's very frustrating. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to, I'm wondering too, like, whoever this litigant was, is he, are, are these people just like, such, is Joe Pate like such a close friend that he's going to do this for somebody? Is he being paid? I mean, this ultimately ended in Joe's suicide. Like, yeah. what kind of fucking ride or die friend is that, that you'll do that for a decade and then end your own life? Well, I don't know if Joe was doing it for a decade. I think that... Joe was doing it. He was part of the stalking. There were clearly other people besides I'm, I'm positive the way this reads, I'm positive. It was more than just phone calls from this neighborhood. And then Joe, like it sounds like over the years, this guy, whoever this litigant was, was utilizing all kinds of people to get to her. Right. Cause she also talked about, there was one part in her statement where she talked about having evidence she took to the police at one point that was like damaged to her home, damaged to her car, like a lot more than was covered in the, uh, the show, right? Like there was, you know, more than just like that one guy and like that one incident with her door or whatever that you talked about. Right. So it's like, you know, we're talking like, who knows if he paid people, he had all these friends. I mean, was this guy a fucking police officer or somehow connected to the police force himself, this litigant? I don't know. Like, so it just, it all just really reeks of like uh, a network, mm-hmm. you know, of, of cronies mm-hmm. supporting this person in harassing and stalking her and making her life fucking miserable. Yeah. Absolutely. It's sort of that thing that we've talked about a million times, too, with like, usually teenage boys who do these horrific things in groups. It's like, how do you find peers that are like, 
how do you find people that are like, sure, I'll do that for you? Like you have like, you know what I'm saying? It's bizarre. Yeah. I Yeah. And also, is this guy like this litigant, like just independently wealthy that that they can be in court this much and filing so often? Like, I don't even. And yeah, maybe what paying some people to do this for him. I mean, I don't even fucking know because this is not this is this get a fucking life. Like, Mm -hmm. what are you even you know what I mean? Like, this is like an obsession at this point. It it really is. And it it spanned such a long time that by the time it was done and over with, like this child that he's fighting for is an adult. Yes. You spent your child's entire childhood doing this. It's just. Yeah. It's because it's not about that. Right. It's about making her life miserable. Yes. It's about taking something from her. It's just fucked up. Yeah. So get a life. Karen, you know, yeah, exactly. So you guys, Karen is lovely. Um, she was so understanding of the fact that we got it so wrong because it, it, I investigation discovery decided to get it so wrong and <laughs> we just didn't have the facts of the yeah. case. And yes. you know, and that's another I mean, that sucks because that's like another violation of Karen, right? Is that is to is to misrepresent her case so egregiously and also other victims they could have very easily gone into the whole nature of like this third party stalking stuff Correct. right and how somebody can quote unquote keep their hands clean by basically outsourcing their fucking harassment and their stalking activities mhm you know yeah it oh god it's mm-hmm. like hiring a hitman. It's like, well, I didn't do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it absolutely is. It's sending somebody else to talk to somebody that has a restraining order against you. Yes. It's, you know. Oh. Yes. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this person did have a restraining order against them, which might mm-hmm. be part of the litigation stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I don't fucking know. I'm speculating on all know. that. And Karen will probably email us again. Tell us what we got wrong today. And we will let you know. <laughs> Yeah, we, uh, we yeah, want to get it right. Will. We want to get it right, right? We uh, we we want to we want to represent victims fairly and and properly and and correctly. So, um anyway, uh thank you Karen. Thank you so much for Karen for the information. Be, yeah, and for being a doll about it, just an absolute doll and um uh hopefully, you know, we'll be able to Make sure that we keep the record straight. Yeah. Going and if, uh, if there's anything else floating around out there that we've said that might be incorrect, let us know and we'll correct it. Absolutely. Always. Please, please correct us. And listen extra hard to some of Naomi's cases because <laughs> I want an opportunity to transition from we to her. We got it wrong. We got it wrong. But actually, Naomi got it wrong uh, and fix it. <laughs> Just kidding. Love you. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Just kidding. Love you. Oh, okay. Well, Anything else sister, for the good of the no, order? I mean, I think that was good enough. We're going to have mm-hmm. this unprecedented, you know, mid, mid, uh, mid cycle episode update drop. And people are going to be like, what is even happening? And uh, you know what? You guys were no better, do better. 
That's, that's right. Our, uh, one of our mottos over here. So that's that's this is us trying to do better. We're all a work in progress. Love you. I love you too. This was chaotic. Chaotic. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Crime, Wine, and Chaos is produced by 8th Direction Records. Artwork by Joshua M. Davis. Music by Paul Abner. If you would like to support the show, you can visit our Patreon page at crime, wine, and chaos forward slash Patreon. Cheers. Cheers.